You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another interesting edition of Ask Drone You. As always, my name is Paul. And my name is Rob. Super excited about this question. Scott has uh, gone into into some really great detail in his question that I think will make uh, this conversation pretty interesting. And uh, I don't know, we're going to have to work real hard to, I guess, just be real about the the answer. Yeah, right? so what we're talking about today before we get into today's question is kind of the hustle involved with becoming a drone pilot if you go on the contractor's side of things. Um, and in his question, you know, he's talking about he knows it's a hustle. Is there also asking the question, is there really a future with uh, autonomy where it is right now and with people and companies like Skydio pushing that? Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to hit the autonomy of the future first, and then we're going to talk about what we really teach here at DroneU for our new and intermediate pilots, which is about focusing your sales and marketing efforts on recurring revenue-based jobs, because the hustle can be very difficult. Um, and frankly, if you're just co- uh, you know focusing on creative jobs, it might be even more difficult. So without giving away all the material in the sales class to create autonomy, autonomous systems of marketing to make the hustle a lot easier. Uh, We are going to try to do our best to answer this particular uh, question. And this question, by the way, uh, is brought to you by, well, here at DroneU, we like to teach you how to make your dreams take flight, but also how to turn your environment into a 3D model or into the digital world. And here at DroneU, we've got, well, drone classes for just about everyone. If you're ready to go out and make money right now with a recurring revenue-based job, then you gotta become a member because our DroneU members have exclusive access to things like the solar inspection course. You know, you might wanna take that after the don't crash course or you know, after our operations course. But the thing is with solar inspections, we have numerous students and in fact, we're gonna be interviewing one today who has created an $80,000 a year income on doing what? Oh yeah, just flying over solar panels. So uh, frankly, you know, today's uh, question is brought to you by DroneU Membership because DroneU Membership was built to reward those who value their time and for those who are unafraid and unabashedly afraid to go after their dreams and pursue them. Because at the end of the day, your hustle comes down to how hard you're willing to work, but how smart you're willing to work as well. And uh, for everyone out there, all of our existing DroneU members, I cannot wait for Kara's class uh, to come out. We've been talking about it for a while, but uh, if you're ready to autonomize like every aspect of your business and make it easier, uh, you're going to want to check out that class. Uh, it's it's going to be one for the record books. So, And it's in editing, so yeah, it should it's be on out its soon. way. It's on its way. Hello, my name is Scott. I'm from Southeast Louisiana in the New Orleans area. Um, I have a background in GIS and remote sensing, and I've been flying drones recreational for about five years and thinking about taking the step into creating a side business first. My question to you guys is the more I research, the more it seems that is extremely weighty 
to risk getting into a drone type business with uh, the FFA new remote ID. Being down here in the South, I've also seen that Mississippi is trying to restrict drone pilots in many different ways, whether it be taxes or something else. The more people I talk to who have businesses say that it's it's definitely a hustle. And a lot of times the travel is not worth the price for a job. It doesn't seem like the pay is of the scale. And I know that it all depends on that person, how you sell yourself, what type of work that you do. I guess my question is, will there continue to be be a need for remote pilots, being there's so many weighty issues that keep crashing down on Part 107 certification drone pilots, as well as the technology, like with Skydio, uh, it almost seems that the future is autonomous drone work, putting pilots out of work. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think it's still viable to get into it? Thank you. Wow, Scott, thank you, actually, because again, as mentioned in the intro, I really love the detail and I'm excited to dig into this. There's a lot there. There is. And I want to hit that last question first. Is it still viable uh, to become a drone pilot? Absolutely, 100% yes. But if you don't have a plan to build your skills, if you don't have a plan to build your marketing, if you don't have a plan to build your systems, and if you don't have a plan to scale your business from the start, then yeah, it's going to be extremely difficult. So I would say, while I appreciate your questions, take what you hear from others with a grain of salt. As you know, look, we all face pressure, we all face hardcore things, but at the end of the day, um, a plan and then consistent execution is honestly what makes entrepreneurs successful. And there are a lot of failed entrepreneurs out there, and that's because they don't think about scale from the start. And you know what, Rob? I was the same way. Like, you taught me. You taught me. So Well, so many people are, and you mentioned also in the intro the class that's coming from Kara, who we're really excited about. We're excited for you to, to meet her digitally and to see and learn from her knowledge. But it makes me think of the photography industry, right? And a lot of this same thinking, and I'm not saying that your thinking is, is flawed, Scott, or that you're wrong or that there's anything negative about you going through the process of analyzing what you're analyzing. It's, it's a good process to go through. Yeah. Just be careful not to, I don't know, I, I guess what be I Be careful say, not to analysis by paralysis. Yes. We see that a lot. We do. And and I guess I would say, I mean, it's certainly feasible for somebody, whether it's you or somebody else, to go through the process you're going through and saying, you know what, it's just not for me because of all these reasons that you've mentioned and perhaps some others. So that's totally okay. But when you think about the photography industry and how much saturation there is because of the proliferation of, of cell phones, obviously, we all know that taking a really nice image is not that big of a deal nowadays because of the technology and how readily available it is. It's all in our back pockets. But you still see somebody like Kara up in the Four Corners area killing it. Murdering it. And why do you think that is? Scalable systems. She's, she's just... And relationships, by the it's way. It's relationships. Yeah. And, and there's just so many ancillary things that matter in this evaluation that will overcome 
concerns like automation, which is a, I don't even want to call it a concern. It's just part of where the industry is going, right? That we have to deal with. That doesn't necessarily make it a concern. It makes it a fact. And so we have to learn to navigate those waters, whatever those waters entail. And I, man, I'm just, that's one of the reasons I'm excited for this class is because it is a photographer that is supposedly part of the saturated market. And she's pretty young. It's not like she's uh, been doing this for 20, 30 years and has this built-in market that supersedes or precedes, I should say, um, the change in the industry. And so she's got all these clients that are referring, et cetera. She started not that long ago, relatively. True. And she's built it into something amazing. And I think that same thing can happen here. So that's a little bit... Uh, um, pie in the sky, perhaps, but on the other hand, it's very real. So, and we'll get into more detail. We will, because the thing about the systems too is that autonomy can often leave a bad taste in the mouth of your clients if it's not done well and detailed and personalized. In fact, I was just talking to another client about this the other day, um, and she does a great job of having systems, but they're also personalized. So, yeah. she does a really good job of, of making those systems work so she can scale her business and focus her time on servicing clients, not really acquiring them or uh, staying in touch with them. It's all mm. autonomous. I want to hit that second or second to last point uh, really fast where he says, you know, companies like Skydio uh, working through autonomy uh, and, you know, really marketing that the future of the industry is pilot less. I want to say one fact, and then I'd like to make a prediction. Um, but the fact of the matter is that currently under the Federal Aviation uh, Administration's rules and regulations, it is not legal to fly drones autonomously. There always has to be a pilot in command on the sticks ready to take over in the event of an emergency. And counting on pilots to be the lowest common denominator and just let the drone do its thing is going to cause havoc as these pilots won't be educated, trained, or able to take over in the event of an emergency or have the technical knowledge to be able to do it. That said, uh, I was actually just on the phone uh, with, I, I can't say the person's name, uh, regarding um, this very particular issue with Skydio. Because as many of you know, and I've said it numerous times on the show, I question if it's actually legal to fly a Skydio 2 drone. Um, not the X2E, but the 2 and the 2D. I, I honestly don't know if it is legal to fly those drones. And I say that because even in the Skydio 2 manual, it says you cannot actually turn off the obstacle avoidance. So in the event of an emergency, if you need to adjust the flight path to not hit something, you will be unable to do so. But you can listen to their marketing team and attempt to hit the pause button, but the latency from the remote is so bad that that's not going to essentially solve your problem. When I was talking to this uh, administrator the other day, I asked the question, when are the feds actually going to investigate this particular issue? And are they ever going to do it? And the answer was no, not until there's some catastrophic accident that happens that forces the department to publicly respond to the question. Um, and I mean, that, that kind of formula fits a lot of uh, how we deal with things, right? We typically, as so, humans, don't deal with problems until there's some sort of crises, et cetera. That describes Western medicine, actually. 
That's a, wow, that was deep. <laughs> Anyways, go it's ahead. It's true. It's very true. It's very deep too. Um, but that said, we're not going to get that answer until some pilot gets screwed over by their insurance company or hurts someone or hits someone, which is really unfortunate. Now, I was also told, and I also believe this, that the main reason that this question is not being answered is because Skydio is the best horse in the race for American manufacturers uh, to compete with people like DJI, what I have told regulators, congressmen and women, uh, where this issue will come up in the future, I know for a fact, what I've told them is how can we count on someone like Skydio uh, to provide us with these aircraft for drone pilots if they're leaving the pilots high and dry, if they're, if they're not actually providing a tool that's usable in features, in price point, et cetera, comparative to what we're used to. Um, and what I mean by high and dry is, you know, again, go back to if there's an emergency and an insurance company says, okay, what's in every insurance policy? Where are you following FAA guidelines? Well, how far down the rabbit hole is the underwriter going to go to say, well, did you have control of the drone at all times? And the pilot can say yes, but in the operating manual, the answer is no. And so then you'd be lying to insurance and then it'd be fraud. So I, I, I digress. Unintentional yeah, in most cases. Yeah, and it probably means they wouldn't prosecute. But that said, um, the reason I push this so hard and Rob's asked this question a hundred times is how easy it is, is it to change this particular parameter? And now that I've taken one of those birds apart and I know what it's made of, it's as easy as plugging it into a Windows-based computer and changing a one to a zero. <laughs> now, do they need to make a button that allows you to switch between the two modes? Yeah, they probably would, um, but they could retrofit numerous buttons to work. And the reason I bring this up is because, look, I want to have an American manufacturer uh, to support our national security. I absolutely do. I'm, I love this country. I want to support this country. We are supporting this country in many ways on the government side. Um, but I also want the promises of manufacturers to be true. And I don't want to screw pilots over in the process. We're supposed to be the smartest country in the world. And it's my opinion that if people are as smart as they say they are, then we can come up with creative solutions to provide autonomy and control. I really don't think it's that hard. So agreed. Regulatorily speaking, is autonomy the future? Absolutely not, because currently there's no regulatory structure to support it. So. Well, I think that ultimately what we're going to end up with, and it's already kind of happening even in spite of everything that you just said, is that it's going to be some sort of hybrid in terms of a drone service provider being able to continue to provide great service to clients, all of which would probably fall under the umbrella of what um, Scott is thinking and, and seeing in his research, right? So I don't know, take a construction progress job where you're using a lot of automation. We kind of do that with mapping already, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's a lot of automation built into these processes. When you go out and you map something, you put in the parameters of what how you want the drone to fly, and it does it automated. Sure, so it's already but happening. on these aircraft, we can also flip a flight mode no, I understand. switch, take over control. I'm moving past that. Yeah. I'm moving past that to say... Let's just assume that, that issue gets fixed, and we're talking automation beyond Skydio. I, I want to move on past Skydio with the concept of automation, which I think a lot of people are fearful of. Maybe it's a legitimate fear, maybe it's not, but my point is there's still going to be a place for the drone pilot who's really good, who's creative, who can take the data that the drone gets and do something useful with it, 
and is still going to be able to talk to the drone can't walk up to the client and talk to the client and figure <laughs> out what they need. I mean, so I think that the the automation fear is overblown. I'm not saying it's not warranted to talk about it and figure it out, but I do think it's overblown because there is going to need to be a human in most cases, certainly there are aspects of the industry that full automation can probably take completely or at least 90%. But for the most part, I just don't think that's the case. Maybe I'm being naive, but I don't. I think you're totally right about the hybrid model. And it goes back to, though, too, is the pilot being able to, to be trained to you know, take over in the case of an emergency with automation, but also the pilot to be trained to fly in close proximity to get certain deliverables, you know. Um, And I agree with you that, yeah, a drone is not going to talk to someone. There's still going to be, um, we're all human, and we have seen the power of social interaction and how important it is. And I would say that fundamentally, I think, the race to automation was slowed down significantly in the last year as people realize what's truly important to them. Yeah. Um, And and again, then you just take, um, for example, the experiential training that we have coming up that we've talked about and and the, the ways that you can fly and others who are great pilots can fly. Automated flight is never going to do that. Agreed. Never. I mean, it's just not going to be able to fly in those ways. I mean, take over water between a boat and somebody on a board and are if you're the person who's on that board, do you want that to be an automated flight? Hell no. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, no. so there's all these these variations of what drones can do that automation is just not going to be able to take. And never say never. We all know that. We were taught that when we were five years old, whatever. But I think there's just a lot of these types of scenarios and environments of flying where you can pretty confidently say automation is not going to take over. I mean, how long have we been talking about having order boards at McDonald's? And yet in a vast majority of McDonald's, it's still a person taking your order. I mean, how many times do you go through Taco Bell versus McDonald's and the Taco Bell person actually asks, hey, how's your day going? You know, and some people that small interaction is all they get and, and it matters. So my point is, is that ultimately my point is twofold. One is that automation isn't going to replace humans, but two, what's more important than automation is relationships. And if you have the right skills, you're building relationships and you're focusing on bringing in jobs that are recurring based revenue. You know, we're talking about construction, solar, uh, you know, there's so many things. It's actually ridiculous. Um, but if you focus on lining up your business to serve those clients, one, the hustle will be easier. Two, you're going to build relationships. So even as things do get easier, these clients are still going to choose to work with you. Um, And I mean, like, there's so many examples of, you know, people who have been able to still work through the evolution of the DSLR and how much easier it's been to take photos, Uh, the evolution of the iPhone and whatnot. Uh, and so that said, I don't, I, I agree with Rob. I don't think autonomy is autonomy. The only reason autonomy is going to stop you from doing business is because it's building self-doubt in your mind and you're starting to question your self-worth. That's the only reason it's going to stop you from getting business. Um, but that said, the other questions that he asked, what else did he ask? Uh, how hard is it? I mean, what well, was- I think one of the big things I took it as two things. One is a lot of the, um, 
the government intervention and trying to put restrictions on pilots mm. is an issue that, that, that certainly needs to be dealt with and, and considered. And then the other is revenue that can be achieved versus cost of generating that revenue, be it equipment, be it the travel to get to the job, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, to those points, I, uh, I, I come back again to I don't want to make light of them, but I think that every industry that is worth its weight has those things to deal with on some level. That's kind of part of navigating being an entrepreneur or a business person in general. And I think that these industries, they ebb and they flow, right? And this industry is so new that there is a lot that's still being figured out. And there's a lot that's being figured out by municipalities and counties and so forth that aren't really clear as, as to how drones are going to impact the lives of their people or, you know, their constituents. And so there's just a lot of figuring out that's going on. But I think when we funnel down to the question, are drone pilots going to be needed? I I mean, I think that's a pretty easy yes. I think I have seen practically, too, that especially this year, they've been needed a lot more. I've been seeing so many people getting into new jobs, you know, going from contractor to employee, um, yeah. and also seeing a hybrid model as well. You know, when I was in D.C. talking to Measure about how much they're seeing, uh, you know, the advent of a drone program, but hiring and working with contractors to essentially help them start up. So... Um, I would say that I think the proof is in the pudding and that there's a lot more opportunity as people are starting to understand the technology, just as Rob alluded to. But absolutely, we talk a lot about this in sales class. We just had a sales class. I'm feeling like we're going to need to uh, to actually film that. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. I will say I appreciate your question. Really do. Um, I'm That's sure a good question. Yeah, it's well, important to ask. I think a lot of people probably also hear my voice a little bit of frustration regarding the whole Skydio and autonomy. And the reason I really get so frustrated, everyone, is because deep down, I, I actually really care about pilots. And I hate seeing people getting screwed over um, because of ego. I really, really can't stand it. And uh, and so that's why I'm frustrated. But that said, there is extreme opportunity. And you do need to know specific skills as a drone pilot to breach past kind of the entry, uh, entry level stuff to make real money. Um, and I think you also need to understand the client quadrant, which clients to go after, how to scale these systems to acquire service and then reservice clients. I think that's really crucial. That class is almost done and up for uh, for those who are going to watch it. It's going to. I'm just telling all of you. I'm completely changing Ride Media, my personal drone business, um, around when that class does come out because that information is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't think regular members should get the class. I think that you should have to pay extra for it because if you actually implement all the systems in that class. Um, your propensity to earn revenue should double overnight. I mean, it might take you two or three months to input everything from that class, but it's all upfront work. And then the maintenance of those systems is so easy. It's ridiculous. I mean, we have got to continue to promote the fact that Kara broke her back during the pandemic. And it's because of the automation and systems that she has in place that she continued to earn revenue and she couldn't even walk. 
And again, all of this in an industry that is supposedly dead and saturated. And autonomized. Yeah, I, you know, I rest my case. On that bombshell, that's going to do it for us today. And uh, Paul's going to put a smile on his face. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for the question, Scott. Yeah. And by the way, you are you have a really great background um, with your GIS background to really propel yourself. So oh, yeah. you're in good shape. You're in really good shape. Yeah. And uh, askdroneu.com is where Scott asked his question. Please go ask yours. We'd love to hear from you. Please oh. subscribe, mm-hmm. like, give us your reviews. We want to know how we're doing. And uh, we just love hearing from you. So thank you to everybody who supports the show. I feel like we could do an entire other show on the point about remote ID just Mm. because it's it's becoming so clear that remote ID is for enforcement. I mean, it's just so, 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 so clear. And what I'm also worried about is that the people who actually follow the rule – are going to be punished for following it, whereas the people who continue to fly below the radar, and all of us know, I mean, for every one of us doing it legally, there's five or six who aren't. And at, I mean, that's why we're seeing AUVSI push so hard for enforcement, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But here's the thing, how long will remote ID last if the market as a whole figures out that it is essentially the FAA's enforcement mechanism and it's only punishing people who are actually trying to do the right thing rather than punish people who need to have not a slap on the wrist but say, hey, look, you actually do need to follow the rules. This is not a camera that you just buy and go out and use it. There are real safety hazards in in taking flight and uh, we want you to fly but we just want you to know how to access the airspace, you know, so... Uh, anyway, so I uh, I don't think we should go down that rabbit hole right now, but I just want to say that that particular question, and if you want to ask it, uh, go for it. But um, that particular question is a rabbit hole in itself because we don't know what compliance is going to look like. We don't know what implementation is going to look like. The FAA still hasn't even uh, given out the protocol for the, the broadcast feature of remote ID. And... Um, yeah, I uh, I want to put out a prediction, Rob, but I just don't know if it's in our best interest. Then we're not going to. On that note, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.